Bang bang! Bang on. Bang on. on. <laughs> Hello, Zen. Scatting our way into another week. Oh, no, don't use the word scat. <laughs> and what a bin fire week it's been. Oh. Can we just acknowledge that it's a time of extremely high anxiety? If you're listening to Bang On in Australia, if you're Bang Fam living, living overseas, you've probably spoken to family and friends. It's bloody shit show out there. Mm. Um, everyone's revolting. Um, most of Australia is in some form of lockdown in major cities, and for the first time, Melbourne's not. And, it's and we appreciate weird. it's that upside down world incredibly, but we feel the anxiety for the rest of the country because it's it's just an awful feeling not knowing what's going to happen in the next week or the yeah. next month. So all of that's going on, bang on, as always, is your respite. That's right. We hope we've always been here for you to have a little escapism and, of course, to catch up in the week of music, art, life and stuff. Uh, before we move on Saves from... you from doom scrolling. <laughs> we do it for you. So you can, you can rest assured I'm doom scrolling 24-7 these days. <laughs> So, Bang on. We'll doom scroll, scroll for you. We'll save you that hassle. I don't know. You probably have already seen this, but I just wanted to give a tip of the cap to one of the most Australian things that happened within the bin fire mm. um, this week. Barnaby Joyce getting fined for not wearing a mask at a service station and the way that he was found out was that someone called Crime Stoppers on him. <laughs> Peak Australia. Has anyone ever called Crime Stoppers? Like when, if, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, remember the Crime Stoppers ads? Yeah, I've never, I don't know anyone who's What's ever called. What's the number? Called, I don't <laughs> Who know. Who knows the Crime Stoppers exactly. number? if you go, oh, that's a criminal. Look, oh, he, he did a major heist on a bank. <laughs> I'm going to call Crime Stoppers. No, you just call the Triple police. Zero. <laughs> like, if anyone here in the Bang family has ever called Crime Stoppers, we want to know. <laughs> Because otherwise there's some poor lady or man sitting at the end of the Crime Stoppers phone. It's finally And ringing. finally it rang and it's for Barnaby Joyce not wearing a mask. Oh, brr, brr, brr. I, I, love, I, I love how they went back and got CCT footage and that's how they him. got him. Yeah. Otherwise they couldn't have got and him. And I support this. Like if there's an outbreak, like if we don't know that masks are our number one defence after the fact that we don't have any vaccines, yes. <laughs> masks are the easiest thing you can do, then you deserve a fine for not wearing one. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say that. But also when I saw this, I was like, oh, man, we really are a land of dibber-dobbers. We are. We do love to dibber-dob. We love to dob. We love rules more than anything. That's why the, it, Love rules. That's why this whole vaccine discussion, debate, whatever, seems like an absolute clusterfuck because we ain't got no rules to follow. Give us some rules. We don't really understand what's going on and, um, you know, Australia thinks it's all free thinking and um, it, it, she'll be right, mate, and all of that, but it's the absolute opposite. Can and I we, just, love, we now love to dip a dob. Can I just say um, we've broken the rule of recording a podcast while the leaf blower guy is here. I know that he sometimes appears. He's right outside the door. I'm pretty sure you won't be able to hear it, but if you hear a hum... Mm. We haven't just flicked on a great. sex toy. It's a it's a leaf blower. <laughs> well, I have. Thank you for thank you for uh, making that public. Um, <laughs> That's the reason we're working laughing on, so maniacally. I'm working week. on my working on my kegels as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is the rule of podcasting, though, isn't it? 
You've yeah. got to have all the extra noise. There's actually, just a little aside, there's some um, people at the front doing some major works on the, the gas lines and they have been for the last couple of weeks and they're just getting slow, slowly more and closer to, closer to where I live. And this morning they were like, you know, basically carving up concrete out the front. Oh. And I said to them, oh, look, are you going to be going down the back, like near the apartment, you know, just checking because I'm going to be recording something in a couple of hours. And without skipping a beat, the tradie was like, Oh, yeah, a bit of Atmos, love. <laughs> oh, I love that. Doubles in film and television while he's not doing gas lines. He's going to be that. our special guest in Bang On later yeah. on this morning. You also alerted me to something that um, can only be described as good intentions, mm. but the uh, result may be not so uh, good result. Pride couches mm. from Ikea. Pride month just finished up. It's something that is big in the States. I think yep. it's still celebrated big around the world too. Well. Yeah. And something that I found out at the start of Pride month was that it's there to mark the Stonewall riots, mm. which actually happened in June. But the most Australian and Sydney thing ever is that the reason Mardi Gras is on in sort of late February is because the weather's better. <laughs> They just moved that whole pride celebration oh, I love to that. where it's just a bit more comfortable to get your gear off. Exactly. What's pride if you can't get your gear off? So if you're con- yeah, if you're confused as to why Mardi Gras happens then in Pride Month now, that's why. Well, IKEA is celebrating in a way that no one asked for. <laughs> but I do love it. They were they they've they've got a, a line of couches. I'm not sure if they're available. If they are, I'm sorry. They're called love seats. Sorry, Miff. love seats. Love seats. Remember that's right. Um. Uh, designed by uh, LGBTQI folk and, um, look, I'm not entirely sure what to say about these couches. I want a couple of them but some of them it's just, oh, no. It reminded me of like a year 10 art project. That's what, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, what's happening? And it it includes, you know, there's a a pansexual, like a representation of a pansexual flag, a transgender flag, Mm. a lesbian flag, a non-binary flag. There's a handful of them. We'll put them in the show notes. So why does the asexual flag look a bit like a vagina? (laughs) I don't get that one. Is there tulle on it? Yeah. (laughs) It's a tulle vagina. Style. I, I, look, pa, would would buy is what I'm going to say. Are they for sale or are they just one-off pieces of art? I think they're just art. Art. And, and perhaps they will go into production at some point, but given the reaction, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. They're very cute. Um, ben, ben Law, who alerted me to these seats, um, his tweet was pretty good around it. <laughs> he said, sat on these hideous sofas and I'm now heterosexual and wear below-the-knee shorts. <laughs> Um, the funny thing is, like, I thought of what a heterosexual couch would be if they were to celebrate a heterosexual couch and I'd say, well, of, of course it'd have to be a vanilla coloured, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, Beige or a pale grey. Yeah. and Nondescript. Nondescript. And With a feature cushion. Oh. Oh. And what else would be on there? Like, just... Oh. A mohair throw. <laughs> It'd be boring. It'd be boring. Let's I'm now, be I'm now I've just got Bo Burnham's white woman's Instagram just rolling around in my oh. head again. <laughs> have you have you heard the latest criticism of Bo Burnham's um, Netflix special? Bo Burnham backlash. Yeah, the backlash has started, and I kind of loved it too. Mm. And someone wrote it was a tweet, and I, I wish I had the exact wording, but it was um, Bo Burnham is spending one hour trying to forget that his wife is also in the same in the same <laughs> house as him. <laughs> Yeah. 
Miff, thank you for introducing me to a new term this week. Very interesting article in the New York Times, Mm. an editorial titled, Why Is It Okay to Be Mean to the Ugly? And it talks about this concept of lookism. I know. And it's, well, the the author, David Brox, puts it in the category of other isms, racism, sexism. And lookism is judging people on their looks. Mm. It it is what what it says on the box. And people who are more attractive, it's it's stated by the facts and the figures. If you have a more symmetrical face and that is considered to be better looking or good looking, um, apparently they tend to get more job interviews and they eventually get paid more. And it's something to do in psychology with the halo effect. And the halo effect is uh, quite often if someone deems another person to be attractive, they also deem other personality traits as as better like morally superior yes trustworthy, all yeah of and and so it is really something that we probably need to look at why this exists but it's difficult because with with sexism it's about differences between the genders but with lookism it's somebody deciding somebody else isn't attractive mm-hmm. and and that comes down to your framework of reference so mm-hmm. it's a little harder more subjective. Yeah, it's a little harder to define, I think. Um, but it's really interesting and I, it does exist out there. I'm absolutely certain of it. And and the numbers in this article back it up. It's well, yeah, there was a couple of things that stood out to me, like that a study found that when unattractive criminals committed a moderate misdemeanour, their fines were about four times as large as those of attractive criminals. And even things like getting a home loan and also getting a low rate on your loan, you were much more likely to be successful if you were, you know, conventionally attractive, symmetrical face, mm. all that kind of and, stuff. But also conventionally attractive is is a mirror. What we think of as conventionally attractive is a mirror that society has already put up in mm. that what is shown in the media. Yeah. And especially in Western media, in Western countries, the dominant is white and, and therefore that lookism also incorporates racism. And I imagine ableism mm. as well. Yeah. So it's it's kind of all of those. The Venn diagram. It's the Venn diagram, and um, and he makes that the author makes the interesting point that it bleeds into racism um, in that what we find attractive is the dominant. So and and in the end, black women bear the full force of lookism because what do we see on TV the most in Western countries? We see white people. Mm. So and in magazines, predominantly, it is changing, but clearly not fast enough. Um, and the author says, those who meet the socially dominant criteria for beauty see an earnings boost. Those who don't earn on average just 63 cents in the dollar of those who do. I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I was actually quite shocked when I read this article. I know it exists, but I didn't really know that it exists in such a concrete form. Yeah, the real and, world. And you can see the results yeah. of, or the effects of lookism. That what, talking about the effects of media and what we see, that mirror of what we see of ourselves, um, one of the things that he wrote about which also stuck out to me was talking about over the past few decades, social media, which we always talk mm-hmm. about, the meritocracy and celebrity culture have fused to form a modern culture that is almost pagan in its values. That is, it places tremendous emphasis on competitive display, mm-hmm. personal achievement and the idea that physical beauty is an external sign of moral beauty and overall worth. So it's all of those things that make you a better, more successful person. And a society that celebrates beauty this obsessively is going to be a social context in which 
the less beautiful will be slighted. So the only solution is to shift the norms and practices, Mm. as you say. Um, He also shouted out the positive example of Victoria's Secret, which recently replaced its angels, quote-unquote, with seven women of more diverse body types and said that, you know, when Victoria's Secret is on the cutting edge of the fight against lookism, the rest of us have some catching up to do. See, this is where his argument falls down. Yeah, I was going to say, because we didn't talk about this when it happened a few weeks ago, Mm. but that that sudden shift, which a lot of people have been calling quite performative. Yes, it yeah. is. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's a response to the market and yeah. the market, because it has completely opened up to showing different types of bodies, different colour skin, different shapes, different sizes, all of that, uh, the market has opened up and Victoria's Secret were completely lagging behind. Mm. In fact, they idolised the fact that their angels used to have to starve themselves for a week and, you know, it was the most performative of physical beauty and that it was, a, it was again, a competition to be the thinnest, the fittest, all of that stuff. And the rise of Fenty, Rihanna's label and Fenty lingerie and how they've been inclusive from the get-go yeah. and the success of that has shown them that they are way out of date yeah. and are being commercially um, pushed out of the game That's because right. they're not staying, you know, true, true to what the times are doing. So essentially what they've done is that whole adapt or die theory. And so I don't think this argument is well summed up with that as an example at the end. I think it lets the article down. But everything else in it, I think, stands up. I'm sure it does by the numbers. I was completely shocked by it. On the Victoria's Secret thing, the other uh, thing that I saw pop up in the last day, just when I was looking into this, you know, sudden shift of theirs, Bridget Malcolm, who's a model that I don't know, but she's an Australian model and she has performed in that big Victoria's Secret Um, runway show they do every year Mm. or they have been doing every year and she came out against that performative allyship as she says it saying it's a joke and recounted that in 2016 she was told she was too big for the show Mm -hmm. now at the time she was suffering an eating disorder and her bra size was 8a she in this tiktok video she's done she puts on the bra size and she is very slim she's a model she's a slim build and she puts on this 8A bra size and it barely covers her. She's now a 12B. And in the photos from 2016, the bra is hanging off her. You know, she's oh dangerously thin yeah. and being told by the head of this company, the head of the runway show, not you're too big for our show. So she basically spat the dummy and said, this is bullshit. Yeah. As you've just said. Yeah. Um, it's a disgusting past. Can I also just say... I don't know if I can say this. You but can go. Victoria's Secret bras are shit. They're uncomfortable <laughs> they're and not, awful and they're ugly. They're not made for women. They're, they're made for men. They've got too many ugly. sparkly bits on them. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. Too much padding and stuff. It's just like, <sighs> give me a bloody sports bra any day of the week. <laughs> Can I can I share? So, that's all I ever wear these days. I mean, I'm never Same. going back. I'm never going back. It's like when you got mad cans, you need some support. Absolutely, you don't need bejeweled bras. No, and I don't need a flimsy strap that's made of string that that cuts into <laughs> your shoulders because you've got anything weighing over. You know, I look. I don't even think people with small cup sizes would necessarily find their bras comfortable. No, <laughs> and we said it, didn't we? Mm. 
Speaking of models, has Cara Delevingne ever walked down the runway as an angel? I don't I think, think so. so. She's too... She's high fash. She's too high fash and she's also too switched on, I think, Yeah. in terms of the world and, and what things mean and what they represent. Is she switched on though? Because after watching this Architectural <laughs> Digest video, and God, oh. I love them. We talked about Troye Sivan's a few weeks oh. ago. It's just, you know, it's the ultimate... Literally peeking inside someone's house and seeing well, some ridiculous in some, wealth. Some, inside someone's vagina room, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> this is what, again, you have to watch this. It's 14 minutes of ridiculousness. You walk into her house, which I'm assuming is in Los Angeles somewhere. She's got an original James Terrell artwork mm. just up on the wall there. She's painted, you know, rolled out the Gucci wallpaper oh, all over a chicken rotisserie in the kitchen that she's not got around to using, but she will at some stage, a Chanel surfboard myth. But she did say, when I surf, when I do finally surf, <laughs> I will use my Chanel surfboard. I think she also had she a was, Chanel she was guitar laughing. as well. She was laughing. Yeah, okay, so she can poke fun at herself <laughs> while being absolutely filthy rich. Yeah. Oh, I liked the wall of hats as well oh, on the, the costume hats, room. She puts on a lot of different hats in her life. It's a great analogy for her life. model, musician. <laughs> She's, she is the slashy, so she invites people in to put on a different hat and be whoever they want to be. And the Pussy Palace as well, which yep. leads us to the highlight, which a lot of people picked up on, um, the vagina tunnel or the mm. vulva tunnel the that vulva she tunnel. crawls in via a secret door and pops out in another room. This is my vagina tunnel. Shall I go through? I'm going to go through. Oh, God. And then you're inside. You want to come in, Alfie? Come on, baby. I come in here to think, I come in here to create, I feel inspired in the vagina tunnel. So I'm going to show you where this lovely labia leads. See you there. Oh, oh. <sighs> See, rebuffed and cleansed. You know what? I love this. I absolutely <laughs> I love this. Would. Because if you've got that kind of money, it's, you know, it's uh, watching that... Um, Oh, God, I always forget the name of that real estate series I fell in love with in America. Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. Yeah. So memorable. The show's memorable, <laughs> the title's not. Watching that and you see all this money and just kind of no, everything's so expensive but nothing's amazing. No. You know what I mean? So she's gone in with a whole ton of money and just gone, ah, oh, fuck it. Alice in Wonderland, Mad Hatter's Tea Party, go for your life. Yep. And I just think more of that, please. A little bit more of showing who you are through what we do. Like I've been looking at a lot of real estate lately because it's been locked down and what else do you do? Yeah. You, dream, <laughs> you dream about where else you can be. Yeah. And um, everything's just white. Yeah. Everyone's doing it and it's actually – sucking the personality out of our lives. We we are terrified to put our mark on anything. We are terrified because of we've been it's been drilled into us that everything needs to have a resale value and mm. other people won't like your taste. So we're we're kind of trained to be told that our taste is wrong. And she's just gone, I've got a bunch of money and I'm just going to show you every bit of me. Here you go. Well, she references Hugh Hefner and yeah. the Playboy <laughs> Mansion as inspiration and you can absolutely see this in this. You know, she's 28 years old. This is her play palace. Oh, I love that. I wish I had, you know, the confidence to go. I wish I had the money. I the money, actually. <laughs> I wish I just had the money and go, hey, come, let's have, oh, I'll meet with my designer and do this. But yeah. That's it's really interesting, though, that you talk about the, the you know, the interior design and real estate because that's true I haven't thought about that but whenever you see pictures in magazines everything looks the same whenever you go past a, a homeways shore it's all beige and camel and white it's just the most toned down and I it's, was watching it's, it's off on trend but it's also it's it's a lot more than that I think it's really yeah. people are afraid totally to the, be creative or to show who they are through their things maybe people don't trust their own taste anymore either like the there's 
I haven't banged on about it because it's 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 a bit of a frustrating show. But some people might have seen the third season of Master of None, which has been written by um, Lena Waithe and stars Lena Waithe in, an, in and Aziz Ansari is barely mm. in it. Yeah. And Lena in that series is married to an interior designer, and they live in this amazing house, kind of in the country, just outside of New York. And there's just it's so busy, and there's so much style to it, and there's character and everything. Mm. And I just saw that. I was like, oh, my God, that's like a dream home. Mm. But I looked at that and go, where would I even begin? Like, mm. how do you do that? And I guess that's, that's you why. You stop I, caring. <laughs> yeah, I, get, like, I, I guess I, don't, I get scared to trust my own yeah. taste. But maybe, again, that's because I'm just seeing everywhere it's just these clean lines yeah. and beige and it's also very house plants. It's expensive. <laughs> it's, and that's another downfall of it. It's hard to go wild if you don't have much money. And it's expensive to show your taste because the things that you like are generally not in a run-of-the-mill store mm. like an Ikea or uh, those. Some country op shops, find some gold. Exactly, exactly. But then you're sort of boxed into this retro vibe. So it's very hard to be contemporary and experimental, I think, because mm. anything experimental is super exy. So there's a lot of reasons why people are terrified of it. And we, I reckon we've got to get it back. Yeah, I'm Get here it for back. it. I'm here for it. I'm here for throwing the... shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. That's yeah. the vibe of Cara <laughs> Delevingne's house. But let's talk about the fact that the vagina uh, room, what she call it, her pussy palace where yeah. she goes to think, um, she didn't show us the inside of it either, which I think is really interesting. What, you were just looking from the door? Yeah. You oh, just... you mean, sorry, the tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel. Because the pussy palace was something different. Yeah. Oh. That had a swing and mirrored ceilings myth. Oh, right, the pussy palace. I was thinking that was the vagina. <laughs> oh, right, okay, of course. It's the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It is. Well, yeah, when she goes through the, the vagina room. Yeah, she didn't take you through. She didn't take you through. What's so in there? Private space. How long is it? Space. How deep is that tunnel? Oh, oh sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that you went there. She also had a vagina flowers, like a yeah. bouquet that was shaped like a vulva. And as soon as I saw that, and there is a lot of highly vaginal art in the world, there's a great piece that you sent me that detailed mm. some of the people who have been doing this in recent years and also as far back as... Georgia O'Keefe, who yeah. always said, no, this is... These aren't vaginas. They're like, just well, plants that look like vaginas. Sure, okay. Yeah. You said that. But, you know, a few years ago, uh, Janelle Monae's music video oh, for chaps. Pink. The flap chaps. Oh, Miff, I haven't thought about that word in so long. I know. It was another time, the flap chaps. I know. It feels like, a, it feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it? The vagina wall at Mona. Mona. Iconic. Everyone takes photos mm. of that when they visit. Um, but... It also reminds me, and I'm, I'm not going to say that we necessarily belong in a museum, but I think that we should give ourselves a pat on the back for that very first Bang On Live that we did mm. and we had a platter of after-dinner mints. And do you remember that we arranged them in a full vulva style? We did too. That's right. That was your work. <laughs> well done. You've been at the forefront, uh, the zeitgeist of the My dinner party game is highly vaginal. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> vaginal art. It is increasing, but I think it's more that... Uh, People are accepting more so of uh, that that kind of um, that presence in the art world. People talk about skyscrapers as if they're you know phallic and upward up thrusting to the sky and upward very phallic skylines. And now and and vaginal art has been sort of dismissed and oh it's too rude you can't show that. But now there's more more and more people are more comfortable with it because it's something that we're not shying away from as much. What do they call the art? It's yonic. Yonic art. I don't word. even know how to say it. You say yoni, don't you? Yoni. My yoni. Um, but, yeah, yonic, yonic, however you want to say it. Bang, fam, help us out here. Um, <laughs> it's not new. It's not new at all. 
Hashtag Yannick Art. <laughs> Hey, really quickly, Miff, just before we started recording this mm. morning, there was some surprising news coming out of the States. Bill Cosby has been released from prison. What, yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah, Bill Cosby, um, who went to prison for drugging a woman into unconsciousness from his home as uh, she woke on this couch to find her pants unzipped and her bra out of place and she firmly believed she was sexually assaulted. Those charges were dropped. He spent some time in prison and the DA on the case who charged Mr Cosby said he went free on a procedural issue and that is irrelevant to the fact of the crime. So a technicality, I guess. I'm not yeah. entirely sure what that technicality is. So the, the prosecutor that originally spoke to Cosby and then left the case, um, he said, I'm not going to charge you. Then another prosecutor came on board and did charge him. So the argument was that there was – he gave him his word that he wasn't going to charge him and then he did. So it is a technicality. It's I can't imagine the frustration because remember – and everyone would know this case. There was one case prosecuted of this woman mm. who alleges she was sexually assaulted after being drugged, but there were tens of women that came forward around Bill Cosby and the same – story over and over again. And none of these and we, women knew each other. And we know, yeah, and we know how hard it is to prosecute sexual assault. And they chose to go with this one case because they felt it was the strongest instead of taking a, a more class action approach. Mm. And it's been tripped up on a technicality. Bill Cosby has always maintained his innocence. He's denied any of the allegations. But yeah, it's, um, I'm feeling for any, any victim survivors today who are reading this news, it must be incredibly um, frustrating and painful to read that. Totally. totally. Another thing that I saw just roll through as well, and I mentioned this because we spoke about this at the time, mm -hmm. Nexium, we love a cult chat mm -hmm. on uh, Bang On, but Nexium, which was that cult that was featured in two series at the same time, the one on Stan. Yep. And then The Vow on HBO. That's right. And I recommended one uh, in our Bang On You recommended section. the Stan one. And we, you got into it. And I, oh, I, I dropped off towards <laughs> the end. I was like, oh, I've had enough of this. This is really... It's, yeah. No. I, I watched The Vow and then I was just like, oh, my God, it's just too many talking heads and they're not actually getting... It was just so stretched out. I mean, what we got from it was that Keith Ranieri is an absolute creep and his behaviour was enabled through a, a process of... Well, basically just grooming, I think. And he got sentenced to 120 years in prison last year for sex trafficking and other crimes. But there was another person who was involved in Nexium who used to like star in kind of, you know, small screen shows like Smallville, mm -hmm. quite literally small screen. Alison Mack, today she's been sentenced to three years in prison for her role in this cult in which women were branded with its leader's initials and ordered to have sex with him. She did plead guilty to these charges, um, racketeering and conspiracy, and she's going to begin her sentence on the 29th. She's apologised to the victims, um, saying her actions were abusive, abhorrent and illegal. So there's a Nexium update. And also just a reminder... Don't do cults. We, and don't watch those shows because you won't get those hours of yeah. your life back. <laughs> That's true. This is an unbang for you. Yeah. We're here to watch it Look, I, so that you don't. Yeah, yeah, we're taking it back. Um, and also it's really disturbing as well. Mm. I think, you know, in a way that a lot of what we watch with these things, it's very, oh, this is not our world. But I feel like more and more that cultish attitude. The crossover with the wellness is, and all that sort of stuff. Is, is starting like, yeah. to get a little bit. 
concerning for me. It felt very familiar and I think that's why there was two series made about it because it felt like it wasn't so out of this world Mm. that you would be drawn to an organisation like that. Well, I feel like it's happening more and more. I mean, we've all got those friends on Facebook that are disappearing down rabbit holes Yeah, and it's a bit terrifying. So, yeah. Speaking of recommendations or unrecommendations, Mm -hmm. we're going to bang back with you soon. We teased this last week. We Um, said it out loud. If you... (laughs) We're so shit at keeping secrets. If you are a long-time Bang Fam member, you would have heard this before. If you're new to the Bang Fam, welcome. We love having you. Every now and then we do a little thing called Bang Back because you send us so many emails and DMs and tweets and messages on every format about the stuff that you're loving, that you mm. want to share, that you want us to talk about. So we want to literally dedicate a whole episode to this. So if there's something that you've seen, you've read, you've heard, anything, um, spicy reviews, very welcome. Absolutely. I think that one of the first times we ever did Bang Back was with our dear friend Janine, and she set the standard for the spiciest Bang Fam <laughs> Bang Back <laughs> review. Um, OGs will remember Janine. Oh, yeah, it was that very saucy book, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> she ripped it to shreds. Oh, sorry, my series talking to me. It wants to bang back. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, we're going to be diving into Bang Back very soon. So hit us up it? in the How do we do it? inbox. The bang box, as I like to call it. Mm. Um, email us through the bang on email, which is in the show notes. You can very easily find them. Now you know where to look. Just scroll all the way down. <laughs> just, yeah, Speaking just. of which, what are you banging on about this week? Oh, I went and saw the Sparks Brothers doco, which... Oh, Sparks is in the... The duo, the, the two brothers who have been making music since the early 70s Amazing. until today. Ron and Russell Mayle. I've been a Sparks fan for a very long time. I didn't know this. And this is... Um, yeah, I saw them when they came out to Australia. It was like 2001, I you think it was. You must be excited about the new musical that they're doing with Adam Driver yes, and Marion I cannot wait. It's like they've finally come to a point where they're, you know, every all of their crazy dreams are coming true. Yeah. But then watching this doco, it's pretty clear that that's happened numerous times, up and down, up and down. So for know. anyone who doesn't know Sparks, because they are quite cult, how would you describe Sparks? Well, they're the... They're, they're like the band you've, the best band you've never heard of. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, right. Two brothers. One was the glamorous front man and the other was the kind of uh, almost sort of creepy guy on the keyboards who just kind of looked at the camera in a really weird way. But their music has gone from all sorts of styles. They've gone from quite theatrical, this town ain't big enough for the both of us, from Kimono My House, it's fabulous. And and they got onto Giorgio Moroder and, and sort of did some fabulous kind of disco loop stuff. It was, it was incredible in the 70s and in the 80s. They were new wave. They've done everything but a little bit before everybody else mm. and not quite as kind of mainstream as everybody else. And mm. and this has been directed by Edgar Wright, who directed Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, oh, all yeah. of those. And he's a huge fan. I have to say it's about 45 minutes too long. It goes Ooh. for two and a half hours. It's oh, a that's lot. that's too long for It's a, a lot. And that just says that the director loved them so much he didn't want to cut it out. And I look, to be honest, I was done. But the <laughs> first half, go and see it for the pure joy that it's 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 okay to make stuff that you like and it doesn't matter necessarily that other people don't. People will come around if it's good. Yeah. And that's the beauty of watching this. But you can probably leave in they've the last half. They've had a half. long career. It's true, 70s, isn't it? They've, they've found their tribe. I love it. How did you see it? It's on at the Nova. On at the cinemas. On at the cinemas. You I went off to the cinemas. I went to the Morphys. Oh, my gosh. I went to the Morphys. Okay, so independent cinemas around Australia, I'm sure we'll have them. What's it called? Uh, it is called the Sparks Brothers, which is the name they didn't want to ever be known as. That's why they're called Sparks. They sound like electricians. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, um, you know the film You know the film clip for Coming Up? 
Yes. Paul McCartney. And when Paul's playing all the instruments. Great song. Yeah, he, he plays the guitar, he plays the keyboard and it cuts to him. When it cuts to him, he's playing the keyboard and he's doing Ron Mayle's face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the face that he pulls while he, that creepy kind that's of deep. look. That's yeah, deep. Yeah, so there's cut. all you can see all these influences everywhere. They influenced everybody, you know. It's like a who's who of, of music doing the talking heads. And fortunately, Bono is not one of them, which is a rarity. <laughs> Because Bono is in every music documentary. It's a Bono-free zone. It's a Bono-free zone. Excellent. Okay, oh, I'm oh, definitely oh, going to watch that. I've got a quick bang on for people in lockdown. Oh, great. Best thing I've seen in ages. It's a, it's a reality show. It's a real estate reality show. Here we go. No, it's in Paris. Oh. And it's luxury real estate. It's called the Paris Agency. It follows a family of like four sons and they're two parents who run this luxury real estate brand and they're actually nice and the the, the apartments are freaking incredible <laughs> and you get to have a holiday in your mind and I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Awesome. Yeah. Armchair travel for anyone in lockdown or anyone in Australia who's not allowed to leave. <laughs> oh, we're sorry. Um, we're not allowed to leave, Miff. It's Yeah, that's the bit I'm struggling with now. Anyway. What are you banging on about? From our Hermit Kingdom, I am banging on about a great series that just popped up on iView, Chopsticks or Fork. Oh, I've heard about this. I can't it's wait so to watch. good. Yeah. And you will love it because it's 15 minutes each episode. Yep. So it's a little It's not two, uh, two and a half hours. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of the Sparks documentary. Um, it's hosted by a comedian by the name of Jennifer Wong and she basically takes you on a road trip through regional Australia. Brilliant. So, again, wonderful travel. All of the things you'll remember about those car trips because any good regional town has a good Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Redcliffs would have had a Chinese restaurant. Uh, yes, we did. We had one at the local club, the Redcliffs Club. Love uh, it. That was good. So you yeah. could do Kino and get your lemon chicken at the same time. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and, and, of course, Muldura had a couple of fine establishments, yeah. Chinese uh, establishment and the food bowl of Victoria, love yeah. it. So you've got things like you know celebrating prawn cutlets and fried ice cream in Moree, uh, Chinese Malaysian food in Harvey Bay. Love it. But it's as much each restaurant has its own specialty, and mm. she talks to the restaurateurs about that. But then it's also a story, obviously about culture, about acceptance. There's yeah. people who have been in Australia for many generations. There's some some who have just come over, and they're first generation Australians mm. who have opened up a Chinese restaurant in a country town. And it's about community. And, and the world that, you know, the community that they've left behind as well. It's really, really wonderful. I just love it so much. It makes me want to go out and get a beef with black bean sauce. Mm, lemon chicken, did and you <laughs> say? Um, what was the other one that everyone has as well? Honey prawn. Honey prawns. <laughs> oh, yeah, all... there's honey prawns represented early in the series. Yeah, and these are all, they were Australia-fied. Exactly. It's Australian-Chinese. That... It's food that does not exist in any district yeah. in China and, but and... absolutely exists in every regional town in Australia. Yeah, because... Uh, the, the, the proprietors of the restaurants were trying to accommodate the local audience who didn't really have a very sophisticated palate, let's yeah. be honest. But going to the Chinese restaurant was the treat. It yeah. was, you know, it was something a little bit different. It's amazing. So I highly recommend that. Still 15 is. minutes. Chopsticks or fork, it's on iView if you want to catch up with it. Hey, that's it, Dan. What a bloody wild week. I know. Vaginas, Crime Stoppers, <laughs> pride couches. I, if anyone has called Crime Stoppers, do, do let me know. I, 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 I just want to know, that's all. I'll see you next week. See ya. Bang on. Wow. I did not think we were going to go there. Yeah. 
All of it. All of it. Well, you went there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> 